Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your friday night smackdown post show for september 22nd 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday evenings wherever you may be yes yes I thought SmackDown was a decent show tonight, man. Sue me. Sue me. Everybody in the chat before the stream was going, oh, we're going to get Red Skies, JD. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to, you know, like AEW who abuses pile drivers and then has some of their staff justify it or too many super kicks. We want to we want to let things kind of you know quality over quantity, man. What do I always say? Quality over quantity. We don't want to abuse something because every time you hear it, it's going to be that much more impactful or less impactful. I want it to be impactful. I don't want to abuse it, and then you guys get bored of it. You guys know how I feel, man. There wasn't enough psychology on this show tonight. Of all people, man, the AEW locker room, man, I don't know what they got against me, but I can't voice my opinion when I put the initials AEW in a tweet. Sure, Jesse and I will talk about that on Wednesday, man. Anyway, SmackDown, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I got called out by Dax Harwood today. I love Dax. <laughs> I love Dax, man. I love I love Cash. Never had a fucking negative thing to say ever about FTR, man. Oh man. Oh man, that guy JD, he's such an asshole, man. He says we do too many pile drivers. You fucking break. You serious? Been doing this shit way too long, man. I've been watching too, too much pro wrestling, man. There's one fucking person in the community who doesn't wrestle that knows psychology. It's me. Fuck out of here. SmackDown. I thought it was a serviceable show. Somebody said serviceable in the chat. I like that word, man. Serviceable. It was a serviceable show. There's some great wrestling on this show tonight. We got EO and Oscar, man. They went into the kitchen and they cooked. I don't know what they cooked, but I'd like a double serving of it, please. I'd like uh, a second serving, please. With a cold beverage. I thought they did a great job and I thought the match and the ending was actually quite good. And I'm glad EO retained the championship as I don't think Asuka should get another reign because 
WWE cannot be trusted with the women's championship around Asuka. Now we got Charlotte Flair to look forward to, man. I don't know what she's done to get a championship match, but now you know what the women's championship match at Fastlane's going to be. And how is going to drop the title to Charlotte. Because Charlotte's going into WrestleMania, and she's going to defend that title at WrestleMania against Bianca Belair, because that's the only match that WWE has on their itinerary for Philadelphia. Coming off of SmackDown anyway. But what I thought the ladies did tonight was very, very good stuff. Or maybe we get EO and Asuka part two, man. I would like that. But, I mean, where do you go from there? Asuka's got to lose. Or maybe we get a triple threat match. Who the fuck knows? I don't know where WWE is going with the ladies on SmackDown. Uh, Just like everything else, it's a fucking disaster in the women's division. John Cena. You definitely saw him tonight. Got his ass handed to him. By Jimmy and Solo Sokoa. Jimmy Uso, that is. Uh, Jimmy Uso is parading around as if he never left the bloodline, which at this point looks ridiculous, but I honestly think that Roman's going to come back and say, ah, bro, you're not in the bloodline anymore, man. Do you remember what you did to me? How are you in the bloodline when I said you, you know, you were out of the bloodline? How are you in the bloodline unless I say you're in the bloodline? So Jimmy's parading around. What is Paul Heyman going to do? What is Paul Heyman going to do, man? Jimmy's, it sounds and looks like Jimmy is in the bloodline. He's raising his hand in the air. He's doing the one. Solo's doing the one. When Roman comes back, man, shit is going to hit the fan. But right now, Where else is Jimmy going to go? There's nowhere for him to go. So they are doing what they can with him. And apparently John Cena is the target. John Cena and AJ Styles were supposed to team with each other against Solo and Jimmy at Fastlane. Now, I thought it was going to be tonight. I'm glad they did it at Fastlane because that's a pay-per-view match. It's not a SmackDown match. But John Cena, AJ Styles versus Solo... And Jimmy Uso. Makes sense. It makes sense. Jimmy and AJ Styles had that match not too long ago. And it just made sense for AJ Styles to team with John Cena. AJ Styles got taken out of the equation tonight after Jimmy beat him up backstage. And Solo Sokoa put him through a table, which led to AJ Styles getting gurneyed into the back of an ambulance. And I don't know what the diagnosis is on Mr. Phenomenal. So that left John Cena without a tag team partner. I figured L.A. Knight would come on out and L.A. Knight would be factored into plans. But I guess the way that they did it, they used AJ Styles as basically a setup for John Cena to be left alone. And they never had any real plans to use AJ Styles, which is kind of fucked up. But L.A. Knight also did not show up. At the end of the show, when we kind of all anticipated for him to show up. Fans were chanting for The Rock. I don't know where they were tonight. Phoenix? Fans were chanting, we want Rocky. No, you ain't getting Rocky. Rock is going to wrestle a nothing match with Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso. Teaming with John Cena at Fastlane. That's how clueless half of these fucking people are. You're going to put Rock... In a WWE return, in the ring, 
with the bloodline and it's not going to be Roman? Thank God half of the fucking people in the arena aren't booking this show and are part of creative. When Rock comes back and wrestles, it will be against Roman and no one else. That is it. John Cena and Rock are not teaming up at Fastlane. It will be LA Knight. You're probably asking, well, what happened to LA Knight? Why didn't he show up? Why didn't he save John Cena? Why wasn't he a part of the main event? Well, according to SAP and Fightful Select, LA Knight had a medical issue. This was not a change that was administered by Vince McMahon. This was not a creative change because Vince McMahon got his fucking, his uh, underwear in a bunch and he didn't have a fucking conniption fit backstage. This is not Vince McMahon related. LA Knight is out for now because of a medical issue. And people are speculating online that he got the C word and he will be out for at least a week. So he missed this week's show. He'll probably show up next week and then we'll get the fast lane match announced. John Cena, LA Knight against Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa at Fastlane. Because it was really odd that they had him beat The Miz last week and they got him riding this wave of momentum and then he misses this show tonight. I mean, that would be a huge fumble by WWE. Why, why wouldn't they put their hottest act on the show right now in a match on Friday night after he just beat The Miz? So he's got a reason that he's not there and the reason is he's ill. So hopefully LA Knight recovers quickly and he's back next Friday on SmackDown. Now, what I don't want to have happen here because this is where they're leading. I hope it actually ends up being John Cena. WWE's got their next Saudi show on November 4th. And that's the next pay-per-view. Crown Jewel will be following Fastlane. I don't want them to even entertain the idea of LA Knight versus Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. I think that's an awful idea. That is an absolutely awful idea. Because LA Knight is riding momentum. He's going onwards and upwards. Then you're going to have the fucking geeks online exclaim to me, oh, well, you know, if, if LA Knight is in the ring with Roman Reigns, it's going to be great for him. He's going to be... Uh, a bigger star for it. No, he's not. He's not going to be a bigger star for it. LA Knight right now, de facto, is the bigger star on SmackDown. Roman's not even there. Roman is under some fucking palm tree somewhere with his feet in the sand being fanned by some fucking girls wearing fucking nothing bikinis. It's exactly what he's doing. Meanwhile, the rest of the roster is out there working every week and he can't be bothered to show up. Yeah, let's put LA Knight in the ring with that guy. Now, we don't want that. We don't want that. Oh, but it's going to be a great star-making moment for LA Knight. What, for him to lose? It's like half of these fucking imbeciles in the community can't grasp if LA Knight wrestles Roman Reigns... There's only one outcome. He's a loser. I don't give a shit how he loses. 
I don't give a shit how long the match goes. I don't give a shit what he does in the match to maybe sneak a victory. At the end of the match, he will be a loser. And in my eyes, when you lose, you are taking a step down. L.A. Knight, I'm not saying L.A. Knight's not ready to be in the ring in the ring with Roman, but creativity says, or WWE creative says, I think maybe we should do something else so we can keep this guy riding high. Why don't you keep him strong until the time comes for when he does win a world championship? How about that? Well, then what do you do with Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel? Put him in the ring with John Cena. Problem solved. How long is John Cena going to be here? How long you got John Cena for? Three months? Might as well get that rematch with Roman. It's a big match for Saudi, right? There you go. John Cena can chase number 17 against Roman Reigns. I'd rather see that and John Cena lose. John Cena is bulletproof. John Cena's here for a mini vacation. He's going to go away. Who gives a shit if John Cena loses? Now, we care more about LA Knight getting the victory. Yeah! Give me a break. I could book this fucking show with my eyes closed. L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns is an awful idea. Hopefully that's not the case. But the reason why L.A. Knight was not on the show tonight is because of COVID or something along the lines of that. Medical issue. Normally when they use that verbiage online, it's COVID. We got a great match with Austin Theory and Grayson Waller against the Brawling Brutes. We'll talk about that, man. I'm really liking this team of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, man. This may be exactly what Austin Theory needs. Seriously, I like the makeup of this team, man. This is some good stuff. Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio, they went into a tag team match against the Street Profits, and Bobby Lashley is not happy with the Street Profits. He's not happy with Montez Ford, and he's not happy with Angela Dawkins. And I thought this was a nice progression of story between Bobby Lashley and him enlisting the Street Profits into the new Hurt Business. And we'll go over that and everything else that happened on Friday Night SmackDown, guys. I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for being here on your Friday nights. I know AEW's got Rampage, Grand Slam, full of tag team matches, man. Wow. Full of tag team matches. I'm sure you guys are very interested in that. Me, I couldn't give a single shit about Rampage. So I'm not going to go out of my way tonight and watch Rampage. We're here tonight covering SmackDown, and we will go over what happened on Friday night. Uh, Matt Riddle, once again, a note here on Matt Riddle. I will be, immediately after this stream is over, be recording a video that is going to go up for tomorrow. So if you are a member of the Off The Script family, if you are a channel member here, or what I like to call a VIP on the channel, you guys will be getting that for early access as soon as it's finished tonight. So... Uh, I will be talking about Matt Riddle and giving my thoughts on Matt Riddle and going over all of the other releases that happened uh, late yesterday and then early today. So look forward to to that. I will not be talking about Matt Riddle uh, on this show tonight. Again, thank you guys very much. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Game Time. Now, if you guys enjoy going to a ball game or a concert... Like I do. I love going to concerts, man. 
Game time is where it's at. They are sponsoring the show tonight. And if you guys want to check out what game time is, gametime.co. I pinned the comment in the live stream chat. Go and search for whatever event you want. Use promo code JDNY at checkout, and you're going to save $20 off of your first purchase, man. So I want to thank them for sponsoring the show tonight. Quick word from my sponsor, tonight's game time. I want to thank you guys for joining me live tonight on the stream, sponsored by Game Time. Game Time built a ticket marketplace that makes it faster and easier to get into your favorite events at a moment's notice. Game Time provides the premier marketplace for last-minute tickets to the most popular events in sports, in music, and in theater in more than 60 cities across the United States and Canada. This also eliminates the need for printing and built a better way to access the best live experiences right from your phone. So what I want you guys to do is download the Game Time app, create an account, and then when you browse for the tickets that you want, you're going to go to checkout and you're going to use my code JDNY to save $20 off your first purchase. Now, I don't go to many concerts like I used to do when I was younger, man. I pick and choose who I want to go see live. But when I go see a live concert, I want it to be the best experience that I could possibly have. Meaning, I want my seats to be the best seats possible. It's always frustrating when you're trying to buy tickets, man. You don't really know if the seats are going to be up to standard. Most of these sites don't really give you a glimpse into what's going on. Game time does. It's one of the best things about the app, one of the best things about their service. I love knowing that I know where exactly I'm going to be sitting and how far away from the stage I am going to be seated. Game time is obsessed with saving you money on your ticket purchases. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute tickets. Guarantees, Game Time's got them, which means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or the same row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. And Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase, which is a big deal in my personal ticketing experience. All in prices show your total upfront. So you know when you're getting a great deal without all the hidden fees and tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app or if you're on PC or Mac, GameTime.co. Create an account and use my promo code JDNY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Promo code JDNY for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed with Game Time. Thank you guys for joining me tonight on SmackDown, sponsored by Game Time. Really appreciate my friends over at Game Time for sponsoring tonight's podcast. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We had a great, a great week 
The WWE released a bunch of main roster talent. My guy, Andrew Bedala, and I went live immediately as the news was dropping. We also covered the SmackDown move to USA Network as they will be off of Fox in 2024. Go check that out, man. And thanks to that live stream, we are now 900 subscribers away from 150,000 subscribers. Awesome stuff, man. Appreciate you guys very much. The content keeps rolling in. You guys are loving it more and more. We got some new people joining the channel. We really appreciate you. It's a great thing, man. Very happy. Go check out all the content on the channel, man. There's plenty of it. We were live on Monday. We were live on Tuesday for TNT, episode 14. We were live on Wednesday. We were live on Thursday, live on Friday, tonight. I will not be covering Collision tomorrow night, even though it looks like a pretty decent show. I will be away. I'm not doing anything wrestling related, but I will be giving you extras. So make sure you guys look forward to that. So go check all that stuff out. Get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Let me know what you guys think about the Matt Riddle situation. Give me uh, your thoughts and opinions on that. Let me know what you thought of tonight's SmackDown. Let me know what you thought of Rampage tonight. Anything, man. Sound off. Super chats are yours, so get them on in. We'll hang out for last call. Get those memberships in as well. You guys will get those extras early that that I record after the show tonight. And as always, hit that thumbs up. Try for a thousand likes tonight on the SmackDown post show right here on OTS. SmackDown tonight started off with John Cena. John Cena opened SmackDown. They showed clips of Cena last week on the Grayson Waller effect. And he delivered a five knuckle shuffle last week to Jimmy Uso before Solo made the save on his brother. WWE's doing this thing about introducing John Cena as the greatest of all time. Now, I'm a John Cena fan. I'm a John Cena fan more so in the second half of his career, more so than the first half of his career. And he is, in fact, one of the greatest of all time. But is John Cena the greatest of all time? The answer is no. John Cena is not the greatest of all time. I don't know why that's said or who's... uh, initiative that is, but John Cena is introduced as the greatest of all time. Cena welcomed everyone to SmackDown. He touted the sellout crowd. He said, since he's been back, he's been able to do a lot of things. He says he's been a talk show host, a guest on a talk show, a backstage correspondent, a referee. The fans then did the what. Cena then basically gave in to them and said, you know what? You guys won. Not even going to go on and continue listing off the things that I got to say because it's going to lead to a what chant. He listed the cities he's been to and said that they were all sellouts. What? Pittsburgh. What? Atlanta. What? Boston. What? Fans are stupid. He said tonight is different though. So he came back to WWE to wrestle. Well, he didn't really say wrestle. He said compete, but we all know what he means. So tonight is the night he'd like to have a match. 
He then asked the fans for their permission. What is the crowd going to say? No, no, no. You know, John, you know, John, that bold spot is really obnoxious, man. It's like an eyesore. No, we don't want to see you in the ring. Cena got excited and said he's also angry at the bloodline. I can't fight them alone, though, but I've got myself a phenomenal partner. Wow, man. Wow. Keep that a secret, man. I wonder who that could be. A phenomenal partner. AJ Styles made his way out. He gets out there. Styles then says that the bloodline, if they want some, come get some. Like his theme song says, they don't want none. So Osako and Jimmy Uso made their way to the ring. They stood on the ring apron, stared at Cena and Styles. Jimmy jumped down to the floor, started laughing at both Cena and Styles. Solo paused. He also dropped down alongside Jimmy. They walked back up the ramp. That was basically it. I thought this match was taking place tonight, seeing how this show opened. So Cena, Styles, Jimmy Uso, and Solo Sokoa. It was at this point I asked on Twitter, so Jimmy Uso is still in the bloodline. Or Jimmy Uso is in the bloodline. Can someone please explain this to me? He's just acting out there like he's in the bloodline, like nothing ever happened. I know it's all calculated, and I know that it's going to be raised as a question. It's going to be brought up when Roman comes back. But, man, does it look stupid. Man, does Jimmy look like a geek. Honestly. Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. Tag team match here with the Street Profits. This is Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins of what I'm calling the Hurt Business. We yet to have a name for this new trio here. They've not been given any name. I don't know why. And the story here is that Bobby Lashley wants them to grow a set of balls and become more intense. He does not want to house losers. It's basically what Bobby Lashley wants. He wants winners. He wants to beat people up, and he wants to win championship gold. Now, I thought that this was going to go a completely different way. I thought this was going to be more about Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. I thought they were going to build tension going into the United States Championship match next week instead of the Street Profits losing this match and then having tension with Bobby Lashley. I don't know. I don't know. So Dawkins and Escobar started the match. They locked up. They went back and forth for a little bit. Escobar landed a drop kick. Mysterio tagged in. Dawkins took control over Mysterio pretty quickly after that tag. Ford tagged in, hit a drop kick on Ray for a two. He ran the ropes. Mysterio landed a splash for, uh, for uh, I think, I don't know if he went for a cover or not, but he landed a splash off the second rope. Uh, Ford went to the outside. Mysterio went for a uh, slide splash. That splash that he does by sliding underneath the bottom rope and landing on his opponent. Uh, He went for a a slide splash, but Dawkins moved forward and Mysterio landed on nobody. Wow. Surprised he didn't land on his head, man. It wouldn't be an AEW match if Mysterio didn't land on his head. You know I'm going to call that bullshit out. And I'm going to have fun with that one for at least two weeks now. Escobar tried to come and help, but Dawkins slammed Escobar and the show went to a commercial break. 
We come back from break. Ford hit a big clothesline on Mysterio. He goes for recovery, gets a two count. Mysterio is being beaten up in the Prophet's Corner. They cut the ring off from Rey Mysterio here. And Rey fought his way out. Came up short on making the hot tag to Santos. Eventually, Mysterio ran Ford into the second turnbuckle. They got to tease that little tension there. Is he going to make the tag? No, he doesn't make the tag. Oh, my God, he comes out of it. Now he makes the tag. He makes the tag to Escobar. And Escobar came in, landed a pair of flying forearms. Escobar went to the top in a big cross body for two count. Uh, there was a moment here where Ford kicked Escobar and then hits a running frog splash. Ford went to the top. Escobar cut him off, landed a Frankensteiner off the top rope. Escobar got a two count. Escobar hit the Meteora on Ford, lifted Ford. But Montez fought out of it and landed a knee to Escobar's head. Dawkins tagged in, slammed Escobar down. He goes for a cover, gets a two count. Escobar hit a knee on Dawkins, tagged in Mysterio. He immediately went for a Tornado DDT. Mysterio set up for a 619, but Dawkins countered with a beautiful sky-high powerbomb. Dawkins then body-dropped Mysterio over the top rope, and Mysterio landed on Montez. Bobby Lashley interjects himself, chokeslammed Mysterio on the ring apron behind the referee's back. Dawkins lifted Mysterio up for a powerbomb, but Mysterio rolled Dawkins up from behind with a leverage pin One, two, three. Man, oh man, Bobby Lashley set Dawkins up for the win, and they did not capitalize on Escobar and Mysterio. Profits lose, and Bobby Lashley's pissed. After the match, Lashley left ringside without the Street Profits as they both looked dejected in the middle of the ring. Now, I actually quite like this. I, I Like I said, I thought I was going to see Escobar and Ray maybe kind of have a little bit of a miscommunication, which led to their match next week and Santos being upset with Ray for losing this match. But it was actually the other way around. It looks like they're going to slow burn Escobar and Mysterio. And right now the story is with the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley coming out of this match. Now... Uh, Cole went on to say that the Prophets seem to be struggling to take on this new attitude that Lashley wants. So the story is that they don't know how to really be what Bobby Lashley needs them to be because they're so stuck in their old ways. They like to party. They're very jovial. They're very excited and over the top. You know, it's a little bit different. Now, that doesn't make them a bad tag team. They were a very good tag team before that. But Bobby Lashley wants killers. Bobby Lashley wants guys in his group that are going to take the ball and absolutely slam dunk it home. That's what he wants. He doesn't want any hesitation at all. He doesn't want to look at these guys losing matches. He wants wins, dominating wins. So Bobby Lashley is obviously going to be pissed. And Bobby Lashley did address the Street Profits later in the show, and we'll talk about that when we get there, which I thought was a fantastic segment. Very short, very sweet, but fantastic nonetheless. Austin Theory. All of a sudden, he showed up at ringside after this match was over because Michael Cole was 
pretending he was the rock out there as they were touting the rock and 153 million views across their social media for his return. They said it was the most socially viewed video of the entire year. So Austin Theory's out there upset with the video package. He yanks the lid off of the commentary desk and yelled at all three commentators. Cole asked Theory, what was he upset about? Like, what are you upset about, man? Graves said he obviously feels disrespected. Everybody came out from the back, referees, officials. They tried to yell at Theory to calm down, and they tried to usher him to the back. So Austin Theory, man, is getting some attitude adjustment here. I like it. He looked good in that segment with The Rock, and his attitude here looked very good following that on this week's SmackDown. Good stuff. Backstage, Adam Pearce was seen yelling at Austin Theory and told Theory that he can't hijack the show because his feelings got hurt. They crossed paths with Ridge Holland and Butch. Ridge Holland smiled and said he liked seeing him get slapped around by The Rock. Grayson Waller walked up to the scene and told Theory to relax because he said these blokes were jealous. Butch challenged them to a tag team match. Pierce liked the idea. Grayson Waller did not. Pierce said he had to go find Paul Heyman. But the match is made. Remember when I said Bobby Lashley spoke to the Street Profits? It happened right after this segment. Backstage, the Profits were shown walking into Bobby Lashley's dressing room. You had it won, and you didn't finish him. He was talking to Dawkins because he set up Dawkins right there for Rey Mysterio. He says he wants the watches, the suits, and everything I gave to you guys back. If you can't pull the trigger, you can go back to catering. And I'll find someone who can. So, a little tough love here by Bobby Lashley. You think the Street Profits are going to get with the fucking program that Bobby Lashley wants? Absolutely. I like this story. I like it a lot. Next time the Profits are in there, Bobby Lashley is going to leave with a smile on his face because the Profits are going to win and they're going to do it in dominating fashion. Asuka. I'm surprised this match did not main event the show. Asuka and EO for the Women's Championship. I don't know why this match did not main event the show. Of all the matches that WWE has given the women that have main evented any show, Raw or SmackDown or even NXT, this match did not main event this show? I don't know, man. A little bizarre. EO, she's out there. She makes her entrance. Asuka, obviously, first makes her entrance. So we got the formal ring introductions here. And then as the match was about to begin, Charlotte Flair has to take the spotlight away from both Asuka and Io at least for about two minutes. She makes her ring entrance, full ring entrance and everything. She got her theme music played. She walked very slowly down the aisle. And she took a seat by commentary. Why does she need an entrance when she's not in the match? Why does she need an entrance when this match has absolutely nothing to do with Charlotte Flair? 
And then you want to know why fans, when they look at Charlotte Flair, they want to... WWE takes the plunger and shoves it down your throat. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what Oscar and EO cooked up, man, but I'd like to see a little bit more of it. I'd like to see round two. I thought this was a fun match. It went almost 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Wow, man, where's Vince? Where was Vince, man? Was Vince even aware that this match went 20 minutes? If Vince was in charge, if Vince was there, or if Vince had any kind of say tonight, this match would have been given three minutes. Never mind 19 minutes. They worked their asses off, man. Listen, it wasn't an absolute fucking classic. It wasn't a match of the year candidate. It was a solid match. They worked their asses off. They hit hard. It wasn't pretty through all 19 minutes or so. But good on WWE for giving two of their very best in the division. Almost 20 minutes for the world championship. It's exactly what we want as a fan base. I like the finish too. I thought the finish was a little screwy and a little sloppy at the end. But I like the way the finish actually ended up in this match. Charlotte made her way out. Like I said, she walked to ringside. They locked up. Did EO and Asuka. Series of moves back and forth. Asuka worked the side headlock. Not enough psychology here, man. They didn't work the headlock longer than I wanted. They needed to work. They needed to work that headlock just a little bit longer, man. Asuka hit some kicks. Ultimate landed a pair of arm drags. Asuka went to the second rope. Sky followed her up there. And did a nice little arm drag off the second rope. Oscar went for the outside, and Sky went for a moonsault, but Oscar moved out of the way. Oscar then hit a high kick to Sky's head, and we go to commercial break. So we come back from break, and both women are now on the top rope. Sky stretched Oscar's arm over the top rope. EO then hit a pair of springboard shotgun drop kicks, which always look beautiful, man. I love that move when EO does it. The shotgun drop kick looks beautiful. Sky hit a double stomp and then double knees. So great looking offense there by EO. She goes for cover, gets a two count. EO went up top. Asuka cut her off and slammed her on the top turnbuckle. EO came right back and slapped the shit out of Asuka. Asuka came right back and hit some big kicks. Oscar then landed a superplex, which led to a very close near fall for Oscar. Sky started to come back again, and she ran into a knee. Oscar got a two count, and Sky came back with a throat thrust, which she went for a cover on. She got a two count. Sky hit a German suplex. Oscar then countered it into a modified Kimura. Sky fought her way out of it, landed a kick to Asuka's head. Sky was kicked by Asuka. They went to the top rope, and Asuka hit her own missile drop kick. Nice looking missile drop kick by Asuka. She followed that up with a big hip attack, some spinning back fists and kicks. Asuka landed a sliding kick right to Eo's head, and she went for a near fall two count. Asuka got another armbar. 
She went up to climb the ropes. Asuka was on the second rope. Sky cut her off and landed another drop kick. That took Asuka to the outside. Asuka on the apron. Sky was going for a big move, but Asuka held on. And then she fell down to the outside. Asuka then kicked the ring post after Sky moved. Sky then hit a moonsault onto Asuka, who was on the outside of the ring, and we go to another commercial break. The, the moonsault that Sky hit, I don't want to say it was as bad as Charlotte's, but it was very Charlotte-esque because she barely got any connection on the moonsault. She grazed Asuka, and Asuka had to sell it like it was, oh my God, what a moonsault. No. Now, EO's better than that. That's why I said it wasn't always perfect with what they tried to deliver in the ring. Very Charlotte-like impact on the moonsault. Very pretty in execution, but landing, not so much. So after this second commercial break, we're back in the ring. Sky was working a rear chin lock in the ring. So, you know, they were speeding up the pace, slowing it down. Speeding up the pace, slowing it down. Sky hit another German suplex for a near fall. Sky went for a cross face. But Asuka got the bottom rope. Asuka rolled into an Asuka lock. Sky countered that with a leverage pin attempt, which broke up the submission. Asuka came back and kicked Sky in the face, which got Asuka for a two count. Asuka went to the second rope, hit a missile drop kick, which was good enough for uh, another two count. They then traded elbows, and they were both in the middle of the ring on their knees. Asuka rolled into an armbar, which turned into another Asuka lock, and EO fought out of that. Asuka came right back, went for the Asuka lock again. Sky fought out again. Asuka goes for another Asuka lock. And EO this time is fading. But the positioning of Asuka and EO is so close to the ropes, she was fading. The referee was on his stomach looking for EO, about to call the bell. And all of a sudden, Bailey takes EO's leg and positions it on the rope behind the referee's back, and he's forced to break the hold because EO, unconscious, put her leg on the rope, and he had no idea it was Bailey. All of a sudden, Charlotte walks over. She uh, conveyor belts her way over to uh, Bailey and then delivers a big elbow to Bailey, knocks her out. Sky, all of a sudden, she's one minute fading in the Oscar lock, and then after this, all of a sudden, pops right back up like she got a sugar rush. She hit Oscar with a wild knee. She goes up top for the moonsault. One, two, three, over the moonsault. And that was enough for EO to retain the women's championship. The ending in execution with Bailey putting EO's foot on the rope looked okay. It looked okay. It looked like EO was a little out of position and Bailey had to really kind of drag her foot over to the rope. But EO in that Oscar lock about to fade. All of a sudden, just snaps out of it and then delivers an over-the-moonsault for the one, two, three. I mean, it's kind—it's of, a little silly. The ending was a little silly that she just popped up after fading away, all of a sudden pops up out of nowhere and then wins the match. Uh, you know what? No psychology. You're right. No psychology. Where's the in-ring psychology there, bro? Or am I not allowed to call that out as a fan of the show? I don't know. I didn't like it. Match was fun. The ending was a little clunky. EO wins. Charlotte takes out Bailey for cheating. And I don't know where we go from here. Clearly, Asuka deserves another match because she got fucked over. 
And Charlotte, every time there's a championship, she feels like she needs to be involved. This does not even involve Charlotte Flair. Don't know what she's doing out there. Don't know what she's doing talking about the women's championship because she's Charlotte fucking Flair. This is between EO and Asuka, not Charlotte. Get her out of there. EO wins, 20-minute match, good stuff. I'd like to see a rematch at Fastlane. But then again, I ask, where does that go? Because Asuka's got to lose again. Maybe we get a triple threat match. Maybe we get Charlotte, EO, and Asuka for the Women's Championship. The Bloodline! They were backstage with Adam Pierce. Apparently there's problems with the Bloodline. Heyman, Solo, and Jimmy were hanging out. Pierce walked in with a contract for this tag team match with John Cena and AJ Styles. Heyman said, well, listen, I don't give a shit when the match happens as long as it's not tonight. He's fine with it. Well, Pierce says, fine, it's not tonight. It's at Fastlane. Heyman then asked, well, who made that decision? Clearly, Adam Pierce did. Jimmy said, it looks good to him, so they'll be in the ring to sign the contract. Jimmy was very enthusiastic, while Heyman and Solo were a little bit more uh, subdued. Heyman looked over at Jimmy and said, well, listen, you know, normally decisions like this need approval and authorization from Roman Reigns first. Jimmy told Heyman to tell him what the chief says. He then got up, laughed, and left. Heyman told Solo not to worry about it. Solo said that after tonight, there will be no one left to fight them at Fastlane. And he showed his thumb all wrapped up, ready for the Samoan spike. Heyman then took his phone, picked it up, and said, call Roman Reigns. The Brawling Brutes. We got a tag team match with Grayson Waller and Austin Theory versus Butch and Ridge Holland. Before that, we got a vignette about Kit Wilson and Elton Prince with Elton Prince rehabilitating his catastrophic shoulder injury. They had this dramatic music playing in the background, and they went to clips of Kit helping Elton with his rehab. Very comical, very uh, out there, or pretty dead. Lee, always forget the L-Y, man. I always forget the L-Y. It's, it always escapes me, man. Pretty deadly. Yeah. Listen, I'm sorry, man. A doctor then walked in and said, Elton has a separated shoulder and he'll be fine. Obviously, they over-embellished his uh, injury. Her tone suggested Elton was making a lot more of it than he really needed to. Brawling Brutes, Grayson Waller, Austin Theory. This went 10 minutes. This was fun, man. I really like this. I like the team a lot of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. I think they're a fine tag team. I would not be opposed to this being a semi-regular, regular tag team. Honestly, they both can do singles. But I would not be opposed to them winning some matches and then becoming a solid tag team together, man. I think they work very well together. I think Grayson works off of Austin Theory. I think Austin Theory works off of Grayson Waller very well. So, Waller, he beat up Butch to begin the match. 
Butch came back and he did the uh, joint manipulation that he's usually known for. Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! Reggie? Anybody got any Scooby snacks for this guy? Joint manipulation on Waller. Butch tagged in. Or uh, Butch tagged Holland in. Sorry, Butch was already in. Holland tagged in. Holland swung at Waller and lifted Waller for a suplex. Butch tagged back in. Hit a shotgun dropkick on Grayson Waller. Butch ran the ropes. Theory held the ropes, which meant Butch went to the outside and spilled to the outside. So... With him on the outside, Butch and Waller fought on the outside together. Butch and Holland did the 10 beats on Grayson Waller in theory before Butch rolled back into the ring. And the Brutes were really kind of playing up to the crowd. We go to commercial. We come back. Theory had control and was beating up on Butch. Waller and Theory clotheslined Butch repeatedly. Waller went for his version of 10 beats, but Butch countered with his fingers spot again, the joint manipulation. Got the hot tag to Ridge. He fired up. Series of big slams on Grayson Waller. Theory then tagged in and Waller shot blocked Ridge Holland. Theory hit an elbow. Butch broke up a pin attempt and things broke down. Waller rolled into the ring, but Holland cut him off with a spear. He went for that rolling cutter or stunner that he does. Holland cut him off with the spear, which was nicely done. Holland then power slammed Theory for a two count. Butch goes up top, landed a moonsault on Waller, who was on the outside. Meanwhile, Holland lifted Theory up, but Theory rolled out of it. Holland followed that up with a big Alabama slam for a two count. Holland worked a Boston Crab, but Waller broke it up with his rolling stunner coming in from the outside on into the ring. Theory followed that up with a nasty-looking A-Town down that looked like it got Holland flush in the face. One, two, three, and that was it. Butch did not take the pinfall loss here because Butch is actually wrestling Joe Coffey on NXT in the finals of the Heritage Cup tournament to see who goes on to fight Noam Dar at No Mercy. Who? Oh, you didn't think I know that, huh? Let me find out JD's watching uh, NXT low-key. I still pay attention, geeks. I still pay attention. All because I don't cover it doesn't mean I don't watch it. This was a good match, man. I like the makeup of this team. I really do. I think uh, they got something cooking here with these two, honestly. You know, the Brawling Brutes, man. It sucked to see the Brawling Brutes. Uh, Again, I mentioned this with Drew on Thursday's stream because I mentioned that WWE's got some free agents coming up. Sheamus is one of them in 2024. Sheamus has been very vocal about how WWE creative has just kind of wasted him and the Brawling Brutes. They had plans, and then they just kind of wasted the team away, and they lost all their momentum. You know, going into war games last year, the Brawling Brutes were the number two faction in all of WWE next to the Bloodline. They're not even in the top five now. It's a sad state of affairs for the Brawling Brutes. Don't know what we're doing with Sheamus. Don't know what we're doing with Butch or Ridge Holland. It's time to drop that name Butch and give us Pete Dunn back on the main roster and get him going by himself. That's what I think we need to do. I think he'd be a fine choice for the United States Championship, a fine choice for the Intercontinental title. 
something along those lines. The Brawling Brutes need some wins. Pete Dunne is great in the ring. Austin Theory is great in the ring. Grayson Waller, very good in the ring. You know, but the Brutes can't be losing every fucking match you put them in there against, man. Seriously. And Waller, you know, he's getting... I was worried about him on the main roster because WWE... Well, first of all, we didn't know he was really hurt, number one. Now that he's cleared and he's good to go and, you know, he's wrestling now, he's starting to adjust himself to the main roster, which is a great thing to see. Is there a true tag team run in these guys? Is it going to be for the long term? I don't know, but I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. Believe it or not, man, you know, we talk about makeshift tag teams. A lot of these tag teams in the WWE, especially in the women's division, are just teams randomly paired together. None of them ever work. None of them ever work. They're always just so awful. This works. So if this is a semi-permanent thing for now, I'd love to see more of it. WWE could do a lot worse than fucking Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. I'll tell you that right now. So I'm liking it, man. But let's get the Brawling Brutes some momentum, man. It's sad to see where the group is falling. Next week. We got Charlotte Flair. She goes one-on-one with Bailey. Bobby Lashley is a guest on the Grayson Waller Effect, and Rey Mysterio will battle Santos Escobar for the WWE United States Championship. Why does it always feel like this stream is the shortest of the week? I don't get it. I mean, what am I reviewing here, man? Am I reviewing a fucking house show? This just... No substance on this show. Stream is already over, man. We're at the main event already. Adam Pierce is in the ring. He introduced John Cena. Cena ran out. He signed the contract. AJ Styles' music played. Styles did not come out. Where's AJ? They cut backstage where Jimmy was beating up on AJ Styles. Jimmy slammed Styles' face first onto one of the rolling production crates. Cena leaves the ring. He ran to the back. Solo showed up. He stood up high on the production crates, threw Styles off, and landed off of the production crates as he big splashed Styles through a table off the production crates. We did not see him slam through the table on Styles. We just heard a, a, a big crash. Bodies being thrown about backstage. All of a sudden, Pierce was there. He climbed over the crates to try and check on Styles. Referees and producers showed up to check on Styles. Cena finally gets there, checked on Styles. They cut to a commercial break. Styles was being rolled out of the arena on a stretcher. They put him on a gurney coming back from break. Cena was checking on him. They replayed the attack, the gruesome attack backstage. Heyman walked out to the ring. And Styles was being loaded into the ambulance. They drive off. Meachin was there. Carl Anderson was there. Anderson told Cena he's been telling Styles not to get involved with the bloodline stuff. And this is what happened. Anderson and Meachin got in the ambulance with AJ, and then it drove off. So Heyman's in the ring, Solo's in the ring, Jimmy's in the ring. Fans are booing. The tables and chairs were still in the ring for the contract signing. 
Solo threw it all out of the ring and cleared the ring. Heyman said, ladies and gentlemen, fans booed so loud he had to stop his ring entrance. They boo ladies in Arizona, he says. He then introduced himself as Paul Heyman. He told the fans they can boo his kosher tuchus if they want. Jimmy said Cena should go as far from the bloodline as he can. Cena ran out because he wanted revenge. He fought past Solo at ringside, took Jimmy down in the ring. Solo charged into the ring. Cena lifted him onto his shoulders. Jimmy super kicked him. Solo then gave Cena a Samoan spike. Jimmy splashed Cena off the top rope, signed the contract, and smiled while doing it. He then handed the contract to Solo, who also signed it. Cole said the problem is Cena doesn't have a partner. Now, the fans at this point were chanting for Dwayne, The Rock. Rock was not coming out in Phoenix, Arizona. I figured, you know what, let's, let's put our heads together. Who's coming out here to back John Cena? There really isn't anybody. There was only two logical names here. One, Cody. Can't be Cody because Cody's on Raw. And they really haven't decided where uh, Cody was going to be. Is he staying on Raw? Is he being traded for Jay and moving to SmackDown? We didn't get that far yet. So it can't be Cody. Can't be The Rock. Who else could it be? It's L.A. Knight. Yeah! Yeah! going to be L.A. Knight. I'm assuming it was going to be L.A. Knight, but nobody showed up. And then Fightful dropped the news that L.A. Knight was suffering from a medical issue. And they had to pull him from the show. So they just left the main event segment in the same without L.A. Knight and John Cena getting beat up without being saved by anybody. So we'll see how that transitions into next week. Cena doesn't have a partner. So Jimmy went up top, splashed Cena again with a frog splash. Solo and Jimmy raised their arms in the air and pointed to the sky. We the ones. Cole said Cena learned what happens when you get involved in bloodline business as SmackDown goes off the air. I'm assuming we get LA Knight next week to come out and save John Cena and then we get the match for Fastlane. John Cena and LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. But like I said in the beginning, where does that leave the championship match going into Crown Jewel? Because as soon as we get through with Fastlane, Roman is making his way back to television. And Roman will be defending that championship at Fastlane. Against who? I don't know. Is it going to be John Cena or is it going to be LA Knight? I don't know, man. And where does AJ Styles fit into all this? Is AJ Styles going to take it out on John Cena for not backing him up? Maybe we get a rekindling of the John Cena-AJ Styles feud. I have no idea. Again, you know, there's a lot of convoluted mess on Friday Night SmackDown. It doesn't really seem to be going in one direction and you kind of get a sense that it's going in that direction. It could be multiple directions. But I don't really think that's done by design. I genuinely feel like WWE doesn't know where they want to go here. But Roman Reigns and LA Knight, I just have a sneaking suspicion that they are going to book that match for Crown Jewel. And 
I, I don't agree with that at all. I don't. Because I see it already, I hear it already online, all the fucking blue check marks who do nothing but fucking engagement farm all day long because they got no friends, no life, and no hobbies. They take recycled fucking content and spawn it off as their own, thinking that Elon's going to give them a fucking paycheck. You know, L.A. Knight being in the ring with John Cena is going to make him a bigger guy. And then he's going to wrestle Roman Reigns, man. What a spot. Even if he loses, it's not going to be that big of a deal, man. L.A. Knight should win. L.A. Knight needs to win. He doesn't need to go into a match with Roman Reigns and then all of a sudden stifle his momentum. What happens when he loses? What happens when he loses? He's go- he goes right back to the bottom of the bow, right? Give me a fucking break. Ridiculous. If L.A. Knight goes to Crown Jewel and wrestles Roman Reigns and loses, I'm taking his gimmick. I'm going to be known as J.D. Knight or N.Y. Knight. N.Y. Knight. Yeah! Fuck out of here. Ridiculous. That's your Friday Night Smackdown. Feels like these streams are getting shorter and shorter every fucking week. What's going on here, man? Appreciate you guys very much for joining me on this Friday night. And half of you geeks are probably still watching Rampage, man. I can't miss Rampage, man. A night of tag team wrestling on Rampage. Follow me on social media, man, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it for you. Continue to hit that thumbs up. We only got 553 likes. I don't understand you guys. Hit that thumbs up. Super chats are open. Get them on in and... Please check out my sponsor for today's show, man, GameTime. GameTime.co. Go to the website. Go get yourself some tickets in your area for a concert or a football game, a basketball game. You name it, man. And use that promo code JDNY for $20 off. It's a good deal. Sounds like a good deal to me, man. Yeah, Dragon Force is coming to New York City, man. You know what I'm using game time for. I'm getting $20 off Dragon Force tickets in November. That'll be the sixth time, sixth or seventh time I see Dragon Force live, man. Great show. Let's get into the Super Chats, huh? Nate! This guy's an 11-month 11 11 member, man. Almost a year. Let's go. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate you, brother. Lord Jake Coyle. He's got a $2 super chat. Eichelman Giro released. Can we get at least one Eichelman Giro impression? Ha <laughs> ha 
ridiculous. What a fucking retarded gimmick, man. My God. No wonder he got released. Imagine Vince McMahon looking at that guy. Tony Brown with a 499 just jumped in for your review, JD. Tony Brown, you are always welcome, brother. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. I got a feeling that Cody is seen as new partner. I won't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, man. They said Cody's going to open Raw. Maybe he announces that he's traded to SmackDown and he teams with John Cena. Maybe. Eichemann Giro? Of course I know who Eichemann Giro is. I just did an impression of him. Beyond the script with the 499, of course Charlotte had to go out there, didn't she? OTS for life. Probably you, you you know, man. She she's gotta be wherever she sees gold and championship gold, she's gotta be out there. Whenever there's a spotlight to steal from another talented woman, Charlotte's gotta make sure that she's the star of the show. Sexton with 43 months. What's up, JD? I'm working tonight, but I'll catch up with the review Saturday or Sunday morning. OTS for life. Thank you, Stu. Man, Stu is almost at 48 months, man. When Stu gets to 48 months, he's going to have that Mustang emoji, man. Uh, Desi D TV with 12 months. How's it going, JD? Been so busy with work, but I just want to say I'm proud of you. Continue to become the GOAT of the IWC. Hope you have an awesome night. Thank you, Desi. Appreciate you, man. Beyond the script with the 199. Are you going to do a special episode for 150K? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. I will probably not. Maybe I will. Depends. Jedi Joker to $2 Super Jet. JD, Jesse, and Drew versus CMFTR. Sign me up. Now, I, I don't want to, I don't want to wrestle anybody. I just want to be left alone with my opinions, man. Just leave me alone. I can sit here and tell you the Braves played like fucking garbage getting swept by the Marlins. Do you see Brian Snicker going on Twitter to fucking say, man, that JD's an asshole. You've never managed a baseball team. How dare you tell me how to do my job? Take Tay, the savior of the 499. Charlotte can never stay away from the women's championship title picture. No, she cannot. Zodai. Did you hear what Con Man had to say about you, JD? First of all, Con Man sucks, number one. Number two, Con Man has no real content. He watches the fucking show and think people give a shit about his fucking reactions live to the same show that they're watching. 
This is the same fucking retard that took a picture of the attendance at a recent AEW show he went to. It might have been Forbidden Door. I'm not really... I'm not really sure. Thinking that he was going to Engagement Farm based off a fucking picture of an audience as they were still filing into the building. Meanwhile, I called him out. I'm like, bro, you're at a pro wrestling show photographing yourself with a beer in your hand and you're worried about the fucking attendance numbers for a show that you're attending. Couldn't be me. In fact, the less people in the fucking venue, if I'm there, the better. If no one's sitting next to me or in front of me or behind me, the better. Yet this guy is there on Twitter taking pictures of the live attendance. These are the same geeks that worry about ratings every fucking week. Yes, we know AEW's attendance numbers are in the shitter, man. They got bigger problems to worry about. The reason why their attendance numbers are in the shitter is because of the fucking quality of their TV on a weekly basis. It's not consistent. What did Con Man say about me? His name is Con Man. That's all you need to know. Does he have any regular content? Is what I want to know. Shuttle's dead. His artwork looks like it was made on MS Paint. Or his layout. And look at what we're doing here, man. Look, look at look at where, look at this. Look at me. fucking camera I'm streaming through. I got a fu- I sound great. Better than anybody. We're the most entertaining fucking stream in the entire community, man. There's nobody that does it better. What did he say? What did he say? I was in a, a, a Twitter. I was in a tweeter with Dax. Conman167, that's how many active subs he has on his channel, 167. How many subs has he got, 110,000? Goodbye. Goodbye. We'll play Red Skies for Conman167. Oh, 137,000 subs, man. He's almost, listen, man. He's got 167 in his name. That's how many people give a shit about what Conman167 has to say. They all got a problem with me because they can't do what we do here, man. How many people did we have watching WrestleMania weekend? 
22,000 total between two nights and Raw? Wow, man. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, JD is some loser, man, but everybody shows up here every single stream, every single show. Uh, Tay Tay, thank you, brother. Zodai with a $5 super chat. I think Jimmy's story will be based around slowly winning Solo to his side until he eventually turns his back on Roman and sides with him, Jimmy. I could see it. I could see it. Uh, arrangements with a $4.99. I attended an impact show about two hours away from me, so I'm watching this on my drive home to keep up with what happened on SmackDown. I love to hear it, arrangements. Thank you. Jay Patterson with a $5 super chat. It's definitely Rock vs. Roman at Mania. He's the one calling the shots over Roman. It's an inside job. That is quite the uh that is quite the prediction, man. That is quite the prediction. I actually don't hate that. Uh, Jesse, don't don't worry, man. You, you you pull in just as many live viewers as uh, Conman one six seven, bro. Don't worry about it. You got more active subs on your channel than Conman one six seven does. Uh, Justin Phoenix with the two dollars super chat. Von Wagner is future endeavored. We riot. Von Wagner is not getting future endeavor. Vince loves Von Wagner. Mohammed with a $2 super chat. JD, will you be playing Spider-Man 2 next month? I hope so. You know, games like that, man, you know, I want to focus basically on the campaign. You got so many side missions. You know? Craig with 12 months, one year. I'm so glad to be a part of this family. OTS for life. Also, I wasn't surprised to see Matt Riddle get released. Me neither. Me neither. Tay Tay with a 499. Who would you want Roman to face at Crown Jewel? Cena, Knight, or Styles? Uh, I would like Styles. That would be great. And maybe we get LA Knight versus John Cena and him beating John Cena. That works. That's the way I would do it. Cena, Knight, Styles, Roman. Two innocent matches. Guys, my gaming channel is linked in the description, man. I don't write in the description because it's healthy for me. Look at what's in there. There's a bunch of goodies there. It saves you a lot of time from looking like a geek. Carl Williams with a $20 super chat. No message from Carl Williams. Thank you, Carl. Brian Owens 
with a seven months. If Lashley is unhappy with the Street Profits, could this be to bring the Authors of Pain back and be Lashley's new tag team? No. No, if the Authors of Pain come back, I think they go right to NXT. Dom Wapo with three months. Hey, JD, hope your day has been great. What's your match of the year for AEW and WWE? Also, did you ever post the Discord for us VIPs? OTS for life. Yeah, I got to do that, Dom Wapo. Thank you for reminding me. And also, my match of the year right now is Brian Danielson versus MJF. 60-minute Iron Man match. My WWE match of the year? Um... I don't know. That's a good question. Drizzy Drew with a 199. Well, Santana Ortiz is officially a program now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. They turn real life into story. So I kind of like that. Your Nation's T with a 199 seen a post saying LA Knight got COVID. Well, SAP said it was a medical condition. They'll never say it was COVID because that might go against some, uh, some laws. But yes, people are speculating it's COVID. LJBK with 26 months, OTS for life. Love everyone the best. The ace, JD, this damn NYC weather got me sick, but... Some Jack and JD goes a long way. Thank you, LJ. Can't go wrong with some Jack Daniels, man. My favorite Jack Daniels is not the original that you guys know, man. You got to try some Gentleman Jack. It's my favorite Jack Daniels whiskey. Some good stuff. Uh, Cal L with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, is Omos still with the company? Uh, brother, yes. Unfortunately, he, he is still with the company. Uh, if so, why? I don't know. Well, WrestleVote said that there's one more release coming this weekend. It may very well be Omos. It may very well be Omos. Also, did you get your Dark Horse yet? Mustangs rule. Uh, Cal L, when I get my dark horse, you better believe everyone will know. Single barrel jack, bro. Uh, listen, Jesse, I got some single barrel jack downstairs, too. I got some Jack Daniels bonded. I got some gentleman jack. I don't carry the regular uh, Jack Daniels. It's boring. Bro, if you really want Jack Daniels, man, you got to go get the Sinatra blend, bro, okay? Don't talk to me about uh, Jack Daniels. But is Jesse, is Jesse going to risk $200 on a bottle of Jack Daniels Sinatra blend? Now, I don't even have that. You can't find it anywhere. If I could, I'd buy it. Justin with a 499. Congratulations to everyone who's about to reach 44 months. Keep up the good work, guys. Thank you, Justin. Edward Liu with 499. Is it just me, or does it seem like every week Cody will be on Raw? 
What will he be up to? He's involved in things, but seems so directionless. Bro, they got no fucking clue as to what to do with Cody Rhodes. No, Jesse, it's just boring. If I wanted affordable whiskey, I would go get something that is actually different and not boring like Jack Daniels. Billy Sizane with the $2 Super Chat. JD vs. Con Man in a Hell in a Cell. Not worth my time, brother. Kal-El with the $5 Super Chat. AJD, how do you play all this great MK music but don't like the game? You still my dog, though. LOL. Mustangs rule. Uh, I could like the music, brother. I don't have to like the game. And plus, it's Andy James who makes the Mortal Kombat music sound better than any other version that I've heard. So, John 10 of the 199. Could Randy be the partner? Yes, he could. He absolutely could. And Jose Perez with a 199. JD Knight has a good ring to it. Finisher, OTS Stomp. Maybe we go with NY Knight. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Hill, proper 12 is very boring as well, brother. Not my type of whiskey. Uh, Guys, I appreciate you hanging out tonight, man. Jesse's about to clean up the venue. I walked in here and it smelled like fucking cigarettes, bro. We haven't even been here. We haven't occupied this space in like four months, bro. What happened? Ridiculous. Anyway, guys. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Extra tomorrow on Matt Riddle. Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the super chats. And go check out all the other content on the channel. Also, check out my sponsor for tonight's show, Game Time. GameTime.co. $20 off. Use that code JDNY at checkout. Guys, I will see you back tomorrow with more extra right here on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.